Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode 267, which we are recording on Wednesday, April 6th, 2022. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are recording at my house today in my backyard, where we will be accompanied by many different <laughs> types of birds and many t- different types of buzzing insects, mostly bees, because we have jasmine and wisteria right around us and the bees love it. So a little bit of outdoor noises to join us today. <laughs> and maybe even Leroy and Lucy will see. That's true. <laughs> what are you wearing? Well, what I have been wearing this week is my blueprint pullover sweater by Joan Forgione. And blueprint is a boxy style pullover sweater with a lace pattern in the front. I made mine with somewhat shorter sleeves. They're not quite short sleeves, but they're maybe a little shorter than three-quarter sleeves, only because I envisioned it more as a warmer weather garment. And that has proven to be true because the timing of this one is interesting. I made it in April of 2020, which is almost exactly yeah, two, two years, ago. years ago. Wow. So apparently that is the type of garment I like to wear in April. Well Because done. I planned it when <laughs> I was knitting it in April with sleeves for what I wanted to wear at that time. And here it is April again, but two years later, and I reach for that sweater. So, yeah. Well done. <laughs> it's, it's an April sweater. I know that when I knit it in April 2020, so that was right when we had our big serious shutdown Mm -hmm. for COVID, and I don't really remember much about knitting the sweater, except I know I was very happy to be using some neighborhood fiber company yarn that I had had in stash for several years, so that was really nice to use stash. Little did I know, of course, at the time, how very important stash would become over the next two years. True. Yeah. So that was the start of my stash digging in April 2020. That is Blueprint by Joan Forgione. And what are you wearing, Gail? Well, what I've been wearing recently is my Live Light cardigan, and that's L-I-V Light by the designer Carrie Bostikaj, and it is a fingering weight open front cardigan that I knit with Western Sky Knits Merino 17 fingering, which is one of the softest yarns I think I've ever knit with. It is. I love that yarn. Amazing. And I used a colorway called Patina, which is like the patina that happens on bronze or copper? Copper. Copper. So it's kind of a green with little specks of gold is kind of how I would describe it. And I wore it the other day and got compliments. And I said, and look, it's not even pink. So every (laughs) once in a while, I knit something that isn't pink and actually enjoy wearing it. It's just a comfy three-quarter sleeve, same thing like a warmer weather transitional piece that works perfectly when it's just a little bit of chill in the air. Yay. And you knit one of those as well, didn't Mm -hmm. you? Yeah. Very useful piece in the wardrobe. So that's Live Light by Carrie Bostick Hodge. And what have you been stocking? Okay, so 
you and I talked about this sweater this week, and this is interesting because you had mentioned that you had this one often on your radar, so I looked it up in our show notes to find out when or if we had stocked it on the show, and you stocked it in April of 2021. <laughs> we're on the April theme, yes. We're reliving our April's past. So for some reason, yeah, this one pops up. It's called Camaro by Tannis Lavallee. And Camaro is a basic pullover sweater with multicolored stripes that come to a point on the front of the sweater. So there's what probably is a center decrease in the stripes in the center front of the sweater. Mm -hmm. So it comes to a little point. And it's one of those sweaters that is totally customizable. People have used all colors, changed the stripes to narrow, wide, or a combo. There are color blocking versions. It's one of those sweaters I've often, you and I both have often said, oh, it's just so cool just to look at the different projects. Mm -hmm. This is one of those because there are some people that are, have strictly stuck with the Roy G. Biv order of rainbow colors. There are some that have done pastel rainbows. There are black and white versions. And like I mentioned, the there are some that have changed the striping patterns into a thin, thick stripe. So, very cool. In terms of sizes, Camaro starts at 29 inches and goes through 59 inches. It's knit in DK weight. And it looks like some folks have knitted in fingering weight, which is cool because that was the first thing I wondered about. If anybody mm -hmm. had done it in fingering weight and if that would work. For me. So Camaro by Tannis Lavallee. So the second thing I am stocking also has stripes. I must be in a stripes mood. It is called Jersey Onur by Lucia Ruiz de Aguirre, and it is also knit in DK weight yarn, but the striping sequence is around the bottom half of the sweater this time. And it also has colorful cuffs. The Ravelry page lists the skills necessary to knit this sweater as color work and I can't tell for sure but it looks like it might have some corrugated ribbing and then there's a couple rows that look like it alternates stitches stitch colors okay not necessarily a knit pearl so it's not ribbing but stockinette and alternate stitch colors so you knit Color A, color B, color A, color B. So like a one-by-one one color work pattern? Yes, okay. yes. And then there's also what looks to be ribbing, corrugated ribbing, where okay. you do knit mm -hmm. pearl, knit pearl, and you, you do knits in one color and pearls in another color. Got it. And let's see, but it looks like only two colors per row, so that kind of alternating color work, but no, like no motifs. Okay. To it, just mm -hmm. just stitches. So this one has sizes from 35 inches to 53 inches, 
or 90 centimeters to 135 centimeters. And that is Jersey Onur by Lucia Ruiz de Aguirre. Then the third one is just a fun pattern. You know how I like to pick a fun pattern sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this one, yeah, kind of silly, called the Henin Cat Hat. Yes, it is a free pattern. Yes, it is a hat for a cat. <laughs> I thought it was going to be a hat with a cat on it, not a no, hat for a cat. No, it's a hat for a cat. <laughs> this one is written by Anna Mae Lee. And even though I don't necessarily recommend hats for cats. I was just going to ask, how many cats would leave a hat on their head? Well, and that's the thing. You know, you can't leave it on a cat for very long because cats use their ears to communicate. Mm -hmm. So they use their ears to communicate with you. They use their ears to communicate with each other. Perhaps if a cat were just idly napping, it would tolerate a hat. <laughs> but probably only for a short photo shoot is my thought. But it's it was cute and the photos were very cute. The hat itself has two points on the top like pointy ears so it looks like ears on the cat or ear warmers kind of thing and then <laughs> ear it's cozies. got yeah ear cozies <laughs> and then it's got a little strap that goes under their chin Aww. so it's cute and maybe if you made it you'd be able to get a photo shoot i don't know maybe not the the model cat looked very Agreeable. Oh, not disgruntled? Not not too disgruntled, no. Of course, we don't know how long the cat actually wore the hat for. <laughs> but or how many treats were held yes, in front exactly. of it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it was cute. So that is the Henan Cat Hat by Anna May Lee. What are you, stocking gal? Well, speaking of cute patterns, I didn't knit this, and I wasn't stocking it, but you saying cute patterns reminded me. Maureen, who is expat too, our friend on Ravelry, she just finished a pair of socks that had colorwork flowers, like daisies, mm -hmm. in the ball of the foot and in the cuff maybe. They were adorable. Oh, they wow. were so cute. She said she hasn't worn them yet, so she doesn't know what it feels like to walk <laughs> yeah. with the ball of your foot on a colorwork flower, but they were really, really cute. Nice. The first thing I'm stocking is called Pink is for Power, and it's a sweater by Melanie Berg. We have stocked many things by Melanie Berg over the years, and we I believe have. you have knit some of her things. I don't know if I have. Melanie is using this sweater to raise awareness of breast cancer because she was diagnosed with breast cancer last year, and she just finished her treatments, and she is in remission. Thank goodness. And we have a good friend who went through this as well during the pandemic, sending love out to you. And seeing this sweater... Of course, it was pink, so it appealed to me immediately, but it's a really cute sweater. It's a boat neck that's knit from the top down, and the center front is a textured cable pattern that looks just like the dragonfly's mm -hmm. jumper. And it has drop sleeves, it has positive ease, and it's knit with a lace held double with a mohair silk lace weight yarn. So it's a lot of the things I love, mm -hmm. pink texture, drop sleeve, <laughs> positive V's, mohair, and lace held doubled can't go wrong, really. So I just think it's a, a gorgeous sweater. The pictures are great. The test knits were all beautiful. Looks good on lots of different bodies. Yeah. And it comes in a lot of sizes. And those sizes range from 
39 inches to 58.25 inches, which is, sorry, I should have worn my glasses, 97.5 centimeters to 145.5 centimeters. And another item I'm stocking is called the Ardley Hat. It's the latest from the year of bulky hats by Kelborn Woolens. And this design is by Kate Gagnon Osborne. It's a really cool cabled pattern, which isn't a typical cable. I think of typical cables as kind of columns that all twist in the same direction or maybe two beside each other that mirror each other. But this one has like two columns that are next to each other that go up and then one crosses over the other. And it's just different than what I think of as a traditional cable. So that's the Ardley hat by Year of Bulky Hats. And as the name implies, it's knit with bulky or Aran weight yarn. So it would probably knit up pretty darn quickly. I think it's like 125 yard requirement for the hat. So it should Mm -hmm. knit pretty quickly. And then the third thing, I don't know if I would say I'm stocking this so much as it would be cool to knit, but I don't think I'd ever have an instance where the weather was cold enough to knit it. But our friend Monica showed us a sweater that she knit and she lives in Sweden. So she has much more occasion to wear sweaters like this. I'm going to attempt to pronounce it, which is going to be funny. (laughs) Free Frock Soften by Anna Bauer. It is such a cool sweater. It is a mid-calf length sweater knit in sport weight yarn. It calls for Rauma Phenol yarn, which is their sport weight, toothy, really pretty color work yarn that comes in a lot of colors. And this pattern, I think she said it's knit top down, and it's striped with a different color color work motif in every stripe. It is so cool. She said she would basically start a next stripe and ask her kids to go pick out two colors of yarn for her. <laughs> and they'd come back with two colors and she'd just start her next motif. So it has any motifs that you want. And she knit, like I said, it's like mid-calf length on her, I yeah. think. And it is so beautiful. It is the most colorful, joyful sweater. And you could use, the pattern itself doesn't give you the charts for the motifs. You just find motifs that you like and knit them it was as you pretty go. amazing and she's knit two of them yeah it was it's a, a work of art definitely a work yeah. of art and like i said i don't think i would knit it i could change the gauge i'm sure i could make it work but i think it was only written in swedish mm. so but i think i could adapt another sweater mm-hmm. to do that take but, that idea exactly to another pattern that you already know and like mm-hmm it can yeah. easily be done. Yeah. But again, I just don't think that that's something I would wear a lot because you'd have <laughs> double thickness of fingering weight yarn because it's color work. And that would be kind of an opus of a project. It would take a mighty long time. It would, but yes. the results were beautiful. It Absolutely. would be a coat. Yes, that's more what it more is. More than a, a sweater. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Monica, for sharing that with us. And I'm not going to try to pronounce the pattern name again. <laughs> Charlene will have it in the show notes at yarnyx.com. <laughs> All right, so what are you knitting? Well, I have been knitting almost exclusively on my tea pullover, which is a pattern by Hohi Locatelli. This sweater is a fairly new pattern release. I believe it may have just come out a month ago or so, and it immediately grabbed my attention because of the unusual construction, and I knew I had to make it despite the fact 
that it is a heavier gauge sweater and we are heading into our warmer months so I'm going to have a limited time to wear it and maybe not even wear it until the cooler weather comes round again but you never know those foggy evenings and foggy mornings I may be That's able to true. pull it on in the summertime because mm-hmm. it is stupidly hot out right now April <laughs> yeah. 6th and it's in the 80s in my backyard I'm sweating out here it's yeah. crazy yeah but the T pullover has that unusual construction that I mentioned that you knit the sweater in two halves so you have a right half and a left half and running up the center front and the center back are some cables you knit a long i-cord and lace the two sides of the cables together to bring your sweater together as one piece kind of like a shoe lace on a sneaker or a trainer would you you lace it and bring those two sides together and that is the t pullover <laughs> and what yarn are you using i am using it's a yarn from dragonfly fibers that i have had in my stash for quite a while can't remember the base name but it's it traveler is. DK. oh i think it is you're right because it's the their DK base, so that is Traveler DK. And the colorway I am using is called Flannel Pajamas. I love that name. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> and then the second thing I am working on, I picked up my Hasukai Cowl. This is a pattern by Hiroko Fukatsu. I've had this on the needles for many, many months. It was something that I cast on... I can't remember why I cast it on. It was either travel. for yeah a, tra- a tra- trip or just carry around knitting, although I don't really carry around knitting because I don't <laughs> go anywhere. So <laughs> I laugh with you, not at you. Yes, but it's it's gotten quite long and I'm continuing knitting it and just... As Gail was showing me her current project, I started to think about the suitability of this yarn for making the sweater (laughs) that Gail has just passed, has just cast on. So I don't know. The future of Hasukai is maybe up in the air right now. We shall see. (laughs) So those are the two things I am working on. And why don't you tell us what you're knitting so they know what I am considering ripping my Hasukai cowl for? (laughs) Okay, I have two new cast ons. And the one we're talking about is a sweater called Foray by Ari Shimisu, and it is a pullover knit top-down with an interesting combination of silk mohair lace and two colors of that yarn. I'm modifying mine because I have a story about planning and picking and you know, what we've been talking about the last several episodes about planning for a project. I had a big fail with planning for this project. <laughs> so when I first stocked this pattern many, many months ago, I thought it was a one color sweater. And if you look carefully at the pictures on Ravelry, it really looks like a one it color looks sweater. like a one color sweater. And I think the majority of the projects 
listed on Ravelry also look like one, one color, color sweaters. Yes. But this sweater is knit with garter stitch, and then it's knit with a textured garter stitch. And the second color is used on only six rows of the 18 or 19 row repeat of the textured garter stitch. So it's really only used very little in the sweater. So I think that's an excuse or a justification <laughs> for how I blew it. Well, and also, like we mentioned, the designer used two colors that were so similar very you close. could not tell. Yes. So when I ordered the yarn for the sweater, I was amazed at what low yardage requirement it was. And I thought, wow, it must be knit at a really large gauge. So therefore, it doesn't need that much yarn like a love note or ranunculus. <laughs> Well, no, it was because I didn't read the pattern page very well. I don't know what I did. I just stopped reading after the first color and didn't have enough yarn. So my modification, I have enough of my silk mohair, which is Biche Bouche in their very light pink colorway. I have enough of that for all of color one. And then I went stash diving for the second color and I had just enough of this leftover yarn in my stash. It's Misty Alpaca Lace, I'm almost certain, in a very, very light pink. And it blends in fabulously with the silk mohair. They're slightly different in tone. They're definitely not the same color, but with the way the garter texture stitch works, it's very subtle. It's so subtle, in fact, that your sweater also looks like it's one color. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I bet you in pictures it'll be more obvious. Probably. So, yes, poor planning on my part. So, I always think I'm planning very well, but that was a big <laughs> fail. But it worked out because I had the stash to do it. And this yarn I bought well before we went to France. So, I've had this in my you stash. You have had that one for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I'd say at least 15 years, probably. When so, you told me that you were going to be able to use one skein of that, I immediately knew which yarn you were talking about. That's so funny. Because I remember you having it for years and years. <laughs> <laughs> you were probably with me when I bought it. I was, I was wondering. If yeah, I probably. Was, yeah. So, this yarn is what's left over after I knit the Coraline sweater by Yasolda Teague. I used this yarn held doubled to knit that sweater, which I since have given away to a friend. So I have exactly one skein of this left, and that's what it's being used for, for Ray by Ari Shimizu. And like I said, it's top-down garter and textured garter. It's very fun to knit. She has a very unique way of doing the sleeves that makes them look almost like a box pleat, and it's really pretty. I just watched a giant hawk land in that eucalyptus. He's screeching at us now, mm -hmm. or she. So I love the way the sleeves are. There's a very shallow v-neck. I'm not usually a big fan of v-necks, but this is very, very shallow. And it's going to be incredibly lightweight. It's really fun to knit. And I'm loving it. That's Foray by Ari Shimizu. And my second new cast on is the Ripple Bralette by Jessie Made Designs. And thousands of people have knit this, yeah. including you, Charlene. I have. And I don't know what inspired me to do it. <laughs> Besides this one skein of yarn I've had caked up for a long time. I used it for a square in Josie's blanket. And when the pattern Ripple Bralette first came out, I thought I would use that to knit the Ripple Bralette. So when I was knitting the square, that's all I could think about 
was the Ripple Bralette pattern. So, <laughs> therefore, I guess that's why I decided to cast it on. And I think it will probably go quickly once I'm not fascinated by foray and knitting on this exclusively. Yeah. Because the Ripple Bralette doesn't take that much yardage. It's mm -hmm. a fingering weight bralette. Jessie Made Designs has several bralette patterns. And some of them are in DK weight, which would go even faster. But a little too warm for Santa Cruz. So I'm looking forward to having that just as kind of a pajama top more than anything, I think. That's what I had been using it for. And my strap popped off. So I need to go back and... I don't even remember how the garment was constructed anymore, so I need to go back and figure out, backtrack and figure out what I need to do to either reattach it or re-knit it. We'll see. And yours is what color? Gray. Gray, <laughs> and mine is variegated pink. It's dream in color smushy, 100%. I think that's smushy. Merino, I think it's called smushy. And it's a lovely combination of different pinks, which I was saying is my neutral the other day. So <laughs> we will have a pink one and a green yes. one, which suits us just perfectly. <laughs> we would like to thank our sponsor for April, Western Sky Knits. It's our first in-person show in two years, and Western Sky Knits is excited to be going to Yarnfest. We'll be in Loveland, Colorado this month, April 20th through 23rd for Interweave Yarnfest. We're bringing many favorite bases, including our super soft Merino 17, which is a favorite of both mine and Charlene's. Merino 17 is a lovely 17 micron Merino suitable for next to the skin wear, and it's available in fingering, DK, and worsted weights in our usual array of brights, neutrals, and speckled tones. We'll have a new non-superwashable Targi base from a ranch local to us in Montana. Targi sheep are known for producing a fine fiber similar in crimp to merino and a yarn that is soft and airy light. The loft and elasticity make Targi a great choice for garments and accessories calling for an airy yarn. Stop by our booth to give a squeeze in person. You can find Merino 17 and our usual array of bases and colors on our website at www.wsknits.com. If you can't be at Yarnfest, look for Targi to be listed the week following Yarnfest. Remember, if you want beautiful colors, look for Western Sky. Thank you, Kim, for being our sponsor for April. I cannot wait to feel that Targi base. I have not finished anything, so Gail, what have you finished? I finished my lounger cardigan by Hohi Locatelli. I yes, got to you model have. it. Yeah, I got to model <laughs> it for Charlene when she got here. It was the first time I'd ever put it on after it being blocked. So I got to see it on shortly after she did because she saw it and then I went and looked in the mirror. So she actually saw it before I did. And it turned out even longer than I thought it was going to because after blocking, it grew several inches and now it's what, back of my calf approximately? It was right, I think it was the back of your knee, okay. I would say. Yeah. Very long and it turned out exactly the way I wanted it to. It has just the right amount of ease and the way I did the A-line shaping, it crosses the way I wanted it to over the front of my body. The hood is the perfect size for a hood on a sweater like this. I love it. I think it's fantastic. And it was very easy to knit. 
It was a ton of knitting. A ton of knitting. Yes, it's, <laughs> I mean, this is a huge garment. Definitely. It's it's a lot, a lot of knitting. It's designed for DK weight yarn, but I used a lace, wool mice, lace garn, held doubled with a silk mohair. So it's a much more open fabric than the DK weight would be. But even then, the wool mice comes in a skein. There are two hummingbirds right in front of us. <laughs> in a skein that's about 1,740 yards, I want to say. And I used almost all of the skein. So I think there might be mm, around 150 to 200 yards maybe left of that skein. So it's like a 15 to 1600 yard project Yeah, of two yarns. It's so, a lot. But it's so cool. I love it. So that is The Lounger by Hohi Locatelli. And just a reminder, it is a top-down raglan-shaped sweater. So it's very simple knitting. And I did modify it by making it longer and A-line shape. And I also changed up the ribbing in the hem and the cuffs. Instead of doing, I think she had a two-by-two two rib, I did a broken rib. So it's a little more interesting, a little more texture, mm -hmm. and I really like it. And you're supposed to start with the provisional cast on, and then you knit up from that provisional cast on to do the hood. I wanted a little bit more structure, so instead of doing the provisional cast on, I did a regular cast on and then picked up stitches to do the hood. So all of it stuck in it. It's very simple, knit flat, and very accessible for people who this might be a first sweater. It's very easy mm -hmm. knitting. Mm -hmm. So that it's is just a lot of knitting. A lot so of it might knitting. be a little intimidating for that reason. Exactly. And let me see what the sizes are on that. So I take that back. It's actually written for worsted weight yarn, not DK. She used M Yak Baby Yak Medium is the yarn that was used in the pattern. And the sizes range from 32 inches to 64 inches or 86, pardon me, 80 centimeters to 160 centimeters. And it says she recommends... Oh, here, a recommended ease is two to four inches. And she does say when worn clothes with fronts slightly overlapping. So I guess it is designed to slightly overlap. And I finished two hats. I finished my Mill Creek hat by the designer Katie Carroll. And I used the Universal Wool, which is a worsted weight. And I think that's probably a blend of lots of different types of wool. It was a very fun hat to knit. And I also finished another Musselboro. And... <laughs> this one is ginormous. <laughs> it's it, really big. It will fit somebody's head it will. or someone will appreciate the lovely slouch that's built into their yes. head. Yes. Muscleborough is knit from the top of the crown down in a tube and then there are decreases. So when it's laid flat, it doesn't look like a hat, but it folds in on itself. So that it's a two-layer hat. A, yes, a double-layer Double-layer hat. hat. Yes. And instead of starting with the crown and doing increases, I don't enjoy that type of increase on fiddly needles. I just don't enjoy it. So instead, I do a provisional cast on, mm -hmm. knit from where the hat doubles all the way up to decreasing for the crown. And then I pick up stitches for my provisional cast on and knit the other side the other direction. Yeah. And, you know, there are lots of double-knit hat patterns on Ravelry too. So if you don't care for the construction of the Musselboro, 
There are lots of others to check out. Yes, that's true. But in this case, what I did is I took a lot of the leftovers from Josie's blanket that I'm knitting for her, the memories blanket, and I wanted to do an ombre rainbow. So I decided, oh, why not just knit a big hat so that it would fit a nice grown sized person's head. And so I knit the second to last largest size, which I think is called the adult large mm -hmm. and cast on 120 stitches. But I did two colors held double because I wanted to ombre. So I wanted to start with a red and then add an orange and then add a yellow and really make it ombre instead of striped rainbow. And that was way too many stitches to cast on because this could almost go around my head twice. <laughs> <laughs> but the good news is that when it's doubled, so when it's folded on itself, you could actually roll it to make a cuff brim and, and then tightens it, it up tightens a it up bit. perfectly. Yes. So if worn like that, it will you could either wear it without the cuff and have a slouch or wear it with the cuff and not have a slouch. So that made me feel better that it could easily be modified. And you know, I have been seeing lots of people wearing their hats rolled. So it's a perfect hat to roll. Yes, and Muscleboro does, that's the way you sold us, look, has has it folded in her pattern pictures. Oh, okay. okay. So it's not like I had that brilliant idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't often have brilliant ideas when it comes to clothing. But anyway, it's a super easy hat to knit. The ombre was really fun to do. It used a lot less yarn than I thought it would. So I had this ombre from red to purple and I never even got to the purples. Aww. So there's a little bit of blue at the very tippy top of the crown, but it's still really cool. And then the second half, I did an ombre of gray to black. So if you're feeling rainbowy, you have the rainbow on the outside. And if you're feeling cloudy, you have the cloudy gray nice. on the outside. I so, like that. Yeah, it seemed like a good combination. And I used up so many odds and ends of yarn. It made me feel so good. I don't have any more gray or black yarn bits left in my bits boxes. Wow. Yeah, I was stoked. So, Musselboro by Isolde Teague. So today, Gail and I wanted to talk a little bit more about unpacking patterns, specifically planning and modifying patterns, and how sometimes our approaches differ and how sometimes in this case with the first sweater we're going to talk about which is called little bird sometimes our results are completely different and can we <laughs> tell them about love bird <laughs> oh yeah go ahead <laughs> when we were texting back and forth about this segment we were talking about different sweaters that we've both knit and which ones would be the best ones to talk about and love note is a sweater we've both knit and Little Bird is a sweater we both knit. So when I responded to Charlene, I said, let's talk about Love Bird. <laughs> she said, Love Bird. So Love Note and Little Bird becomes Love Bird. Love Bird, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> Little Bird is a lace weight sweater designed by Vera Valimaki. It's a really pretty top-down sweater that has textured stripes. So it's one color, and the stripes give it or the, the stripes are created by different textures. And we knit ours very differently. So Charlene's is knit much like the pattern. It's somewhat like the pattern because I ended up using a different yarn. Now the pattern is written for a lace white yarn, 
I ended up using what's called a light fingering yarn. It's the yarn that I have used quite a lot from Holstgarn called Coast. It's a combination wool and cotton yarn. So you get a little bit of the best of both worlds with that, but it is very thin in terms of knitting a fingering weight project. It may feel a little light when you're knitting it. The yarn does does a big change when you wash it. It plumps up and it kind of fills in the holes. And once you've washed the coast yarn, it feels more substantial, feels more like a traditional fingering weight yarn. However, it does present as much lighter mm-hmm. than your usual fingering yarn, both in weight and in gauge. It's definitely a yarn that requires swatching because the pre-blocking and post-blocking of your swatch will be very different. Yes. And you will be much happier with the yarn after washing. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, it was really important to do that gauge swatch because the gauge of the little bird as written is very open fabric. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I could use a somewhat heavier yarn and still achieve the same gauge. So I didn't necessarily have to do any math to change the numbers because though I used a different yarn, I was still achieving the pattern gauge. My major modification for the sweater, because I knit most of the sweater as written, but my major modification was I knit it as a shorter sweater. Pattern was written as a tunic length sweater, and mine, I believe I cut off maybe two of the pattern stripes, and there's alternating stripes, so when I say cut off two of the pattern stripes, that also includes two of the other pattern stripes. Mm-hmm. The, so four stripes. Yeah. yeah. So mine ended up, I don't know, what, not waist, hip, high hip. Yeah, more like a boxy almost. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a very good description. Kind of like a boxy sweater. And it looks completely different than the sweater started out. Yeah. <laughs> or than the model sweater that you see on the pattern page. So our two sweaters compared next to each other, if we both wore them, they would be very different. Yes, because I copied our friend who we saw at Stitches, Mm -hmm. who was wearing hers that I didn't even recognize as a little bird, because one, she didn't knit the three-quarter length sleeves, Mm. and two, she knit it, I think, a little longer, perhaps, Mm -hmm. and I fell in love with it. Yeah. So mine, I knit with lace weight yarn, so I did use the yarn. I don't know if it was the exact yarn called for in the pattern, but I did get gauge with the yarn that I selected. And I didn't do sleeves, so mine is a kind of a cap sleeve version. And mine, I also did it more A-line. And I think I did add some stitches, but I achieved more of an A-line shape by going up needle sizes. So at every second stripe, I think, I went up a needle size or something like that to get more sizing for my hips. 
and I think I also knit it probably a little longer than the pattern. So Charlene's sweater and my sweater are very different sweaters, although they're the same pattern. So our modifications and our planning for the projects were very different. Yeah, we should have taken a photo of us. Well, we, we still can. should yeah. take a photograph of us wearing those because it's so fascinating how these two sweaters came from the same pattern and they're so different. And I've been wanting to knit a second one, and you know what I, I have too. I because you <laughs> wanted to knit one that's more cap sleeve version, right? And and I was thinking, yeah, tunic length and and short sleeve and, and lace weight, I, like I was, yours basically. Yeah. And I was just thinking that yarn that Amanda spun and gave to me, mm. I could knit a shorter version mm -hmm. that's cap sleeve. That would mm -hmm. be beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I think I just figured out what I wanted <laughs> to do with that yarn. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> so that's the first one we wanted to compare. That's Little Bird by Vera Valimaki. And the second one is one that we both recently finished, Long Summer by Hokey Locatelli. Now, I didn't do too much different in the planning stages for this pattern. The one major change was in the yarn that I chose because the pattern as written is made for a yarn that grows a lot in length. I believe she said 20% in length on the pattern. Right, after blocking because of the silk content, yes. probably. Yes, so the silk content stretches, does not snap back, and therefore her sweater grew quite a bit in length. And I did not choose a yarn that had silk content. I, oddly enough, used the same, the same <laughs> yarn, yes. It's the Holst Garn Coast. And this yarn does not stretch in length. In fact, this yarn, in my experience, does a marvelous job of holding its shape from the knitted fabric through the washing, through the drying, and then trying it back on. Usually the sweater has not changed in size. So that's one really nice thing about this yarn. But in terms of using it for this project, I knew I would just have to knit to the length that I wanted. Whereas in the pattern, you knit to a shorter length than you want. I went into this knowing that I would just have to knit mine longer. And because it is a top-down long cardigan sweater, that was a fairly easy thing to plan for. Because of the striping, I just had to watch my striping. Because you, when you have a striping sequence, that's, I don't remember how many rows it was. But if your striping sequence is, for example, 20 rows long, you may not want to end your striping sequence on row 10. Yeah. You may want to always have that striping sequence finished. So you have to plan for your length, perhaps like in segments of 20. You can stop at this at the end of this set of 20 or the next set of 20. So I just had to do that and go as long as I wanted, which was not a problem. Yeah, I think for that one, project planning, I think we both spent a lot of time planning our yarn substitutions because of that mm -hmm. difference in drape and increase in length. Because Hohe very specifically calls that out in the pattern. Yeah. 
and asks yeah. you to accommodate for that. And neither of us was accommodating for it based right. on our yarn selection. And when you're substituting a yarn like that, it's so helpful. We've said this many times, but especially when you're subbing a yarn, it's so helpful to look at the yarn ideas for the project. So in Ravelry, if you're looking at it on a computer, there's a tab that says yarn ideas, and you can click that and see every yarn that's been used to knit that particular item. And if you're on a mobile device, it's the little three dot menu that you click and it drops down and yarn ideas is one of the options in that little drop down menu. So I spent a lot of time, more than I would normally spend, I think, looking at the different yarn ideas and trying to decide. I used a combination of Miss Babs Katahdin, which is a heavy lace weight, and Kim's Western Sky Knits Merino 17 fingering in mine. So two different yarns that I had to make work together. So looking at the different projects that were knit with different yarns was incredibly helpful. And it also helped us see that the way Hohe did the shaping in the drop shoulders or drop sleeves, because she was using a drapey yarn, she did decreases that let the sleeves hang in a certain way. But people who had substituted for yarns that weren't as drapey, it looked like there was extra fabric at the top of the shoulder. It was almost a puff right. on some of the sweaters. So that was something that we kind of encountered on the fly because I didn't necessarily consider that too much before knitting the sweater. I think we kind of noticed that as we were getting to that part of the sweater. I noticed it before, but I was letting you be the guinea no. pig. <laughs> I remember we talked about it, and you cast yours on first, so I let you figure out this sleeve. Yeah, we did talk. I guess we did talk a little bit about it, because yeah. like I said, some of the projects, the sweaters almost had a puff, yeah. and something just did not feel right. Too many short rows for Too, and, stiffer and, fabric. Yeah, perhaps it was something about the short rows and the way that yarn with the silk content draped. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's what it was. Because not everyone who used wool got the same look mm -hmm. with their sleeves. So we were attempting to get flat lying sleeves with our alternative yarns and we both we succeeded Thank we you. both succeeded that's a modification we made yeah, to the pattern. It, yeah and for me all i did was do fewer short rows did you end up doing the same yes. thing yes i did okay and interesting thing when we looked through projects there were even some folks who did no short rows at all. Right. And their sleeves still worked out. Yeah. This pattern in particular, I think, I looked, at, like I said, at the yarn ideas and the different projects mm -hmm. much more carefully. Thus, I identified mm -hmm. the little shoulder thing. Yeah, changing yarns can always bring different results mm -hmm. from the original yarn. And changing fibers, especially you should expect that you may have different results. We've discussed yarn substitutions in the past and how fiber choices make a big 
impact on that and we should revisit that well, too yeah that's a good one yeah. yeah like cotton and silk stretch much more than wool they don't snap back yeah. they don't have the same memory all these things are very good to consider when you're planning for your projects yeah. so those were just two sweaters that we both knit in common that we thought we'd compare notes on yeah. for how we plan and modify so hopefully you found the series interesting it's been fun to do it has been yeah. fun to revisit sweaters made me remember that I wanted to knit another little bird. <laughs> <laughs> me too, obviously. <laughs> and speaking of little birds, that was a hawk saying goodbye in the background. We have lots of hawks out here. And the hummingbirds haven't come back to say goodbye. That was very rude. They're kind of like cats that way, don't you think? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for joining us for this episode and happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniacs Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniacs.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniacs Podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley. 